On today's episode, we're going to be talking about persecution and what it means to be persecuted as a Christian on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And we're going to be talking about persecution. And this is the final part of this series called Flourishing God's Way, which is the basically the culture and the ethos that Jesus communicated on the Sermon on the Mount. And most of it, if not all of it, is the opposite of, of what the world values and how they do things. And so much of it deals with dying to yourself and surrendering to God and letting God give you justice and going down so that you can go up. And so much of it is the opposite of, of the values and the vision that you often see in the world. So the scripture before us uh, that we have today is is found in um in uh in Matthew five, of course, and you know that's that's been our target uh, kind of uh, uh, scripture. And um, in Matthew 5, it goes something like this. Um, and I'll get it for you. I'm mastering some new hardware here, so I'm kind of getting getting my feet wet here. So here's the scripture here. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice immediately that it says, for righteousness' sake. That's the only time that a blessing is attached to persecution when it's righteous persecution not other reasons which we'll go into but how do you know if you've joined an exclusive club and you're accepted you know because you've gone through this initiation and you made it through how do you know if you are part of the kingdom of god you've been initiated by persecution in fact martin lloyd jones once said that suffering persecution is one of the qualifications for membership in the kingdom and we in Western culture might think, well, you know, that's kind of uh, old style, you know, old school thinking that, you know, we're modern now. You know, we've evolved to this where we're beyond. We have tolerance and all this. All this. Um, do you really believe that? Just because there's tolerance doesn't mean that people won't be persecuted. It still happens every day on every level. And why not for Christians, right? So, so um, the apostles in, in the scriptures were persecuted, and they themselves had been um, <clears throat> experienced, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a bit of a frog in my throat today, but the apostles had experienced persecution, and it's it said this of them, it said, they left, I think that's the right scripture. That's the right scripture, yes. So it says, they left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And this is another example that um, that when when uh, when we're called to follow Jesus, there will be persecution in one form or another. But first, what persecution is not? We give we give the negative so that we can know the positive. What something is so. What is persecution not? Persecution is not being persecuted because of bad choices. And that is a big one because so many Christians who suffer persecution uh, claim, well, you know, they're abusing me because I'm a Christian, but there is no kingdom blessing attached to bad choices other than hopefully hopefully you've, you've learned your lesson. 
And the difference between being persecuted for the right thing versus the wrong thing is that one has redemptive, redemptive blessing attached to it. Right? The pain, right? But the other just has pain. And But here's another thing. Persecution is not. Uh, suffering because of being a good person. Some people can suffer because they do the right things. A person can suffer because they stand against abortion or campaign for the rights of whales. Uh, suffering for having God, uh, good ethics rather, are not the same as suffering because you belong to Christ. And that's the difference, that there's this attachment to Jesus that is the source of real Christian suffering. And the world applauds behavior it deems good, but attacks the true follower of Christ. Why? Why is that? Because there's something in every true believer. I don't mean hypocrites. I don't mean people that say they're Christian. I mean real followers of Christ from every faith tradition. There's something real in all of them that stands opposed to the darkness in the world. And when people full of darkness see that, they don't like that. And that's a fact. But here's what persecution is not. Um, Suffering persecution because of lack of wisdom. Now, some people suffer uh, because they just didn't use common sense. Some Christians suffer not because they are being a witness to the light, but they suffer because they are being personally offensive. They judge, they rant, they criticize people, they talk down to them, and, and they call them names. And this is usually the only caricature that Hollywood gives when it shows a movie, unfortunately. It never shows you the real Christians who are loving, who are patient, who are kind. It never shows you the Mother Teresas and, and great people who just love God, right? Um, and that's one of my pet peeves, by the way. Um, so some people can rant, right, and not do it in love. And so they become persecuted for that. But persecution is also not this, suffering because of stubborn pride. We've seen that everywhere in the ministry, right? We can come under persecution because uh, we don't want to change or are holding on to an opinion that is hurting us, and we can suffer for that. And so thus, persecution, we find that the Scripture doesn't say, blessed are those persecuted for being stubborn, or blessed are the proud, or blessed are the, the angry, but blessed are those persecuted for righteousness. Some people look to be self-made martyrs, and they're waiting for... This happened during COVID. Some Christians just waited for the government to do what they didn't want, and then they're like, well, the, the apocalypse is on. You know, Let's fight, right? And, and I felt that some were too quick to do that. And there were Christians during the COVID who were looking for a fight with the government. They were looking for a reason to rebel. And the government never told anyone, you can't preach the gospel. They were saying, well, you should wear a mask maybe, or you should do this or that, and that's fine. You know, to me, the deal breaker is you can't preach the gospel. That's a deal breaker. Um, they were waiting to rebel against the government and then cry, you know, the end of the world is here. Um, but also, persecution is not this. Those who suffer because they, are, they have embraced a political cause. Anybody can be a political savvy person that says, well, I'm going to, you know, campaign for this. And there's a huge difference, however, between suffering for a political stance and suffering for righteousness. My cause, even if it's good and right, is not automatically Christ's cause. This is why the church can live without America, but America can never live without the church. 
we have to realize that 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 our our our, our kingdom is from a, a world that has that has only begun in the spirit, and God is creating His kingdom, right? And one day, as the word says, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom, kingdoms of our God. So today, what is persecution? What is persecution? Persecution is suffering for, for being like Jesus. And we have that scripture there that says, if the world hates you, and this is the words of Christ, if the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belonged to the world, the world would love you as its own. Because you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And when you live by Jesus' values, by Jesus' vision, and by his, his ways, you will suffer persecution. And again, I don't mean I'm a faithful churchgoer and I'm, I tithe and I do all these things. I mean really live for God where you take a stand against, against evil. You will suffer persecution in some way. And, but it's also this... Uh, being persecuted and or rather persecution is defined this way is suffering for being Jesus' witness. A witness in, in this context is not someone that goes out in the street and witnesses for Jesus and then gets persecuted for that. This is not what I mean. It's witnessing what the truth does to the light. It's witnessing what righteousness does to unrighteousness, how it interacts. It's witnessing what Light does to darkness when it hits it. And that's what happens when evil and good conflict. Uh, John fifteen eighteen says, If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. Right? And But why is that? Because I'm his witness, right? And when, when you're his witness, we, we find that... Um, I'm trying to find the scripture here. There's another scripture I'm looking for, but the word witness literally means this. It means martyr. And so that's a lot different than testifying in court. It means that you are carrying something, that you are bearing something, that you are uh, witnessing this clash between light and darkness. That's what a witness really is. And often you get caught in the middle of it. And one who bore the witness of Christ would often die because their living witness naturally offended non-believers. And the life of, of a Jesus follower is a natural indictment on the non-believer. It says without words, you are wrong. You're on the wrong path. You're, you're walking in darkness, and God wants to bring you to the light. And so, so First Peter puts it like this. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. So this is what happens when maybe you came out of the darkness, and now now you're part of the light. And so why, why must we as Christians suffer persecution? We must suffer persecution because Christians aspire to be godly. If you really are a Christian, you want to be like Jesus, right? You want to be godly. And... And so the promise to the ungodly in, in 2 Timothy 3.12 is this. Indeed, all who want to live godly, a godly life in Christ, will suffer, or rather, will be persecuted. 
And so this is part of the deal. If you want to be like Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. And the world has all these romantic ideas of Jesus where, where everyone loved Jesus because they're like, well, he was just really good, good person and all these things. But if they really knew him, they would not love him. Because, again, light would clash with the darkness. So no one is exempt from, from the first martyr, Abel, who was killed by his brother, to the first martyr of the first church, you know, of the Christian church, Stephen, to Peter, who was crucified upside down. Godliness guarantees persecution. But also, we're persecuted because Christians aspire to know God. If you want to become like your mentor, if you want to have his values, his vision, his convictions, then you will suffer the way your mentor suffered. And with Jesus, being like him in suffering and death are part of the deal. Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in death. Do you still want to be a Christian? Do you still really want to follow him? That's a good question, isn't it? Because Jesus never hid the price tags. But also, we're persecuted because Jesus' disciples are not above him. We're not better than him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, With every beatitude, the gulf widens between the disciples and the world, and their call to come forth from the world becomes increasingly manifest. And thus, Matthew 10, 24 uh, said it this way beautifully, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master the house of uh, Beelzebub or Beelzebul, how much will they malign those of his household? In other words, they call Jesus Satan, basically, and he's like, if they call me Satan, what are they going to call you? Right? But we are persecuted also because of this, because we're in a war. Think about the canary in the coal mine. Everything is as great as long as that canary can hear, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, as long as the, the, uh, the workers can hear the canary singing, right, and kind of moving about. But once everything becomes quiet, something is wrong. And... Persecution is a reminder of the, of the eternal clash between good and evil, that light will always oppose darkness, and that will never change. So how should we look at persecution today? How should we look at it as, as modern Christians in a postmodern world? It's not realistic to, to, uh, to be loved by everyone. It's not realistic to be liked by everyone. That's a vain thing. That's based on pride anyway. But social media judges us by how many likes uh, maybe we might have. And, and we find that, that as a person can have a million likes one day, and if, if they do something the public doesn't like, they can take away those likes just like that, right? So, so, uh, so if you're addicted to being liked by everyone, then persecution is your cure. That is the quickest way to fix you as a person in, in your life and in your heart. And this is why John um, fifteen nineteen says this, But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And we find that that's part of the deal, right? But how else should we look at it? 
we should look at it in the way that says that if if the world loves you all the time, then something is really wrong. In other words, uh, Luke, I'm trying to find my scripture here. I kind of lost touch with it, but but uh, Luke um, six. 26 puts it this way, Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. So when people always speak well of you, and you never make any mistakes, and you're absolutely perfect, something's wrong. you, you got to watch that, right? You know, I mean, from a Christian context. So God's promise to the persecuted is very simple, but beautiful, that in the end, Christians are the ones who inherit it all in the scriptures. And we find that, and I'm trying to find that scripture for you today, so it's towards the end of my slides, and I kind of lost track of my slides because I'm learning some new software here. But um, And I'm, I'm going to find it here in a second. But Jesus put it this way, Woe to you when, when all speak well of you. Right? For that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Um, so, But here's the promise. If, if you're persecuted, here's the promise God gives you. You're going to own it all. Matthew 5, again. Verses 3 and verses 10 go together because they end together. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And then that's verse 3. And verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted. And then the ending is the same for both, because it says this, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like two bookends, these beatitudes end beautifully. And Jesus has already overcome the world for us. And that's a beautiful thing to, to, uh, to look at, that Jesus promised that he, um, he overcame for us, right, the world, and that um, in John 16.33, if, if the world... In the world you face opposition, but take courage. I have conquered the world. And uh, forgive me for kind of being a little uh, airy the past two episodes. I, I'm, I'm mastering some hardware here and some software that I, that I just got. But I want to end this by saying that learn the culture of Jesus. Learn how to really flourish God's way. Be blessed by this series. Recommend it to a friend. Um, I did a lot of work on these. I, wrote, I read at least 10 books putting this together. So, so um, share it with a friend. Uh, you know, click the like button. Um, join us if you don't know anybody. Just you know, We want to grow this, this uh, podcast and bless people and, and have them grow in the Lord. So until next time, thanks so much for being with us. God bless you.